just getting your feet wet on the internet? Then dive into our stream, webmasterradio.fm. We're the coolest place around, webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the Internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. All right. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to this week's show of Domain Masters. I'm Victor Pitts. I'm your guest host tonight. Monty Khan is resting after his well-deserved uh, vacation time. We have a great lineup tonight. Uh, starting off the show, we're going to have uh, John Berryhill, renowned attorney, uh, specializing in patents, uh, trademarks, any domain-related issues. Uh, John is going to be giving us an update of the uh, most recent uh, uh, ICANN meeting that was held in uh, Lisbon, Portugal, and uh, we look forward to having John on. Then in the bottom uh, half of the show, we're going to be uh, joined by uh, Andrew Goldman, who's a founder of Toronto-based Paid Zero Media. It's a market agency which focuses on ROI driven uh, paid uh, paid search. So we look forward to having uh, Andrew on, on the bottom half of the hour, but we're going to be kicking off right after this commercial break with John Berryhill. Everyone stay tuned to Domain Masters where you learn to be the master of your own domain. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R.com. More than a name. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Best of the Web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web, finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25 percent recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. It's a little pet peeve of mine, right? Go on the web and somebody writes up about me and they put web gorilla, as in the monkey. Not gorilla, like, you know, warfare, terrorists. We're gonna do the monkey. Hi, this is Greg Bozer. 
A.K.A. Monkey Boy. Sometimes I get a little pissy. But I gotta tell you, dude, he made you look like a good chimp. He did. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're confusing me. Monkeypicks.co.uk. Funny bastard, isn't he? Yeah. I swear to God, if you play that promo one more time, <laughs> I'm publishing the photo. How much is that gorilla in the window? Get clicked, covered, and ringed on all week long on WebmasterRadio.fm. Your destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to Domain Masters. You're still master of your domain. Yes. (laughs) Master of my domain. Here's your host. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Domain Master. I'm your guest host, Victor Pitt, subbing for Monty Khan. Um, Recently, there was a meeting held in Lisbon, Portugal. ICANN concluded its busy 28th public meeting uh, there in Lisbon. It concluded on the 30th of March. Um, more than 830 people from 81 countries gathered there in Lisbon for ICANN's 28th public meeting. And a quote from Dr. Vint Cerf, chairman of ICANN, says, We've just finished one of ICANN's busiest and issue-intensive meetings, and it helped ICANN to make substantial progress on numerous fronts. Uh, we're being joined tonight by uh, an attendee to uh, ICANN, more than an attendee, a, a uh, major contributor to some of the ideals and, and policies and, uh, of ICANN. And uh, this is uh, Dr. John Berryhill. Uh, Dr. Berryhill is an intellectual property attorney out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He has a technical background in electrical engineering has been a longtime advocate of the rights of domain name registrants and disputes proceedings uh, concerning domain names and an ICANN policy progressing uh, our processes relating to domain names. Are you with us, John? Yes, I am, and I can tell that uh, you've been reading the ICANN press release. <laughs> you had a few points there that sound kind of familiar, huh? <laughs> very busy. Oh, yes. very. I just th- just flew in from Lisbon, and boy, are my arms tired. Um, <laughs> How was it there in Lisbon? It, it, from all the press release that's uh, coming out, it sounds like it was uh, an eventful or a uh, and kind of an emotional or uh, ICANN meeting compared to some of the other ones. Well, it was it was dramatic. It was dramatic. Uh, it was you know, great to meet all the lesbians. And, um, <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> we, we we won't be seeing them in Triple X uh, apparently. <laughs> But uh, actually, if uh, listeners want to get the, 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 the look, feel, and flavor of, uh, of what goes on in an ICANN meeting, I have put a video up on, uh, on, on Google Videos. Uh, if they just uh, go to video.google.com and search on ICANN, uh, there's, it's about probably the fourth or fifth one down. Oddly enough, ICANN's not normally very photogenic, so there aren't many uh, <laughs> videos with that tag on it. Um, and uh, that that'll give you the the the, the flavor of the proceedings. Um, you know, was it busy? Uh, I, you know, I mean, if, uh, granted, I, I would not fly uh, you know dozens of people business class from Marina del 
Ray, California, to uh, Portugal or Brazil or any of the other places that they go to and come back and saying, well, you know, nothing much happened. Um, <laughs> so I don't think that we'll ever uh, see an ICANN press release that does not refer to a busy uh, ICANN meeting. Um, good, good point. What were some of the biggest topics that were on uh, people's minds there at the ICANN meeting? Okay. What made it, uh, yeah, what made it, I, I, I think, you know, feel busy um, for, uh, for some of the participants there is that ICANN is intended to coordinate certain technical parameters of the domain name system. Uh, mainly what ICANN does is they draft contracts. Um, the domain name system, uh, as viewed by ICANN, is a collection of contracts. Uh, there are contracts between ICANN and the registries. There are contracts between the registries and the registrars. There are contracts between the registrars and the registrants. And there are contracts between the U.S. government and ICANN. That it is this web of, of contractual obligations that constitutes um, you know, the, the work of ICANN. And the, the shock, the horror uh, that uh, has, has sunk into the, the, the realization of, of uh, many of the ICANN staff and board is that uh, these contracts contain terms uh, which people expect to be enforced. And um, what uh, ICANN has typically done is to you know, write these contracts, get people to sign them, and then, then just uh, you know, collect 25 cents per domain name. But as I'm sure many of your listeners know, and, and you know, as, as I could tell for the course of about a year and a half, uh, just answering my phone on a daily basis, uh, there is a substantial registrar uh, that had gone through a meltdown and mm-hmm. uh, that was not complying with uh, with its contractual obligations uh, to registra- registrants, uh, nor were they complying with their contractual obligations to ICANN. And what the community learned and what, what many of the Registerfly registrants learned is uh, that ICANN is uh, nigh unto powerless uh, to do anything about it. Um, and uh, the expectation uh, that for the last seven years, ICANN was actually supposed to be you know, doing something about the contracts which it has entered into with all the registrars uh, was a shocker. And um, it uh, certainly made it a very busy meeting in the sense that I don't believe there was a person there uh, who did not have... Um, the cure for all ills that will prevent a registrar from ever doing anything naughty again. And um, I think that, uh, unfortunately, for domain registrants um, who are not participants in this process, mm-hmm. uh, the register fly meltdown is, is sort of a, a policy hole uh, into which uh, everyone is going to march with their favorite agenda, um, and that the actual issues that re- led to Register Fly's demise um, are uh, are not going to be addressed in the most straightforward manner of providing domain registrants uh, with a rational and understandable um, means of pursuing disputes with registrars. Um, and in typical ICANN fashion, uh, one of the uh, things that uh, ICANN is planning on doing uh, 
is conducting periodic periodic audits of registrar operation. Um, and there are certainly auditable things that a that a registrar does, uh, and these can be checked. Uh, these things have utterly nothing to do with the failure mode of Registerfly or the other poor service that registrants get. I should say those registrants that are not enlightened enough to use ser- service-oriented registrars such as Moniker. Thank you very much. <laughs> and you know the way the way I put it at one of the meetings was that you know while there are things that can be audited at random, I am certain. I am absolutely certain. I've never had any doubt on this or, or any reason not to believe that every fire extinguisher aboard the Titanic was in perfect working order, and that all of the milk was fresh aboard the Hindenburg. And exercising the ability to test certain things or to make sure that certain things are working uh, is not, in my view, a, uh, a way of making sure that registrants are getting the level of service uh, that they need and expect from the registrar they have selected and whatever level of service that registrar provides. What what changes or what role change do you envision will happen with uh, ICANN as a result of of this um, you know registrar meltdown? About the only thing you know, and and it, it, it's going. I'll, I'll be very blunt. It, it, it's going to happen again. I, I didn't I didn't really hear you know too many rational voices. Um, ICANN is going to do one of the things that it was chartered to do back in two thousand was to provide a repository of data uh, under which the domain registration data collected by registrars would be escrowed on a periodic basis. One of the difficulties with Registerfly is that as Registerfly crashes and burns, Mm -hmm. uh, there may be no effective means to sort out, uh, at least in many, many cases, there may be no effective means to sort out uh, who was the owner of, of what domain name. I mean, something is something as basic as simple as that. And I, I, you can go back through ICANN mailing lists back to 2001, 2002, where you know, I, have, I have continuously asked, hey, where is the registrar data escrow program? It is the only thing that ICANN ever set out to do or promised to do that was of direct benefit to domain registrants. Mm-hmm. Um, ICANN has been very effective in providing dispute policies for trademark owners. They've been very effective in, you know, providing all sorts of external means of control and and monitoring of these 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 wily, dangerous people who register domain names. Um, but really, has just done precious little in the way of making sure that you can register a domain name uh, with some security uh, that that domain name will, uh, will remain registered to you and will remain you know, resolving to your name servers. It's, uh, 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 there, there will be some changes in what ICANN does, and um, I'm sure that uh, you know, they're scratching their heads trying to figure out what, how exactly to do those things. Exactly. Uh, ultimately, whether it will be of any benefit the uh, infrastructure costs 
but uh, you know add additional costs to uh, you know to the domain name in order for them to change their role in such a way where they're backing up the data. Yeah. Um, it, what was uh, there were some other topics that were were discussed there at the ICANN meeting as well. Uh, were you a part of uh, in, or tracking some of that, like the uh, final report on the Who Is policy, for example? Yes, uh, for uh, for several years now, the uh, main policy organ within ICANN, the GNSO, has had a task force studying the problem of what <clears throat> is the purpose of Who Is data. Um, how should uh, who is data be collected? How should its accuracy be guaranteed? And um, what data elements should constitute who is data? And uh, it, it, this one was this one is actually somewhat of a surprise that um, the original impetus for this group was a dissatisfaction among uh, trademark owners and others who wish to stalk. Uh, domain registrants uh, that who is data was not uniformly accurate and in the course of studying this problem uh, unfortunately ICANN being an international or- organization uh, was infected with these with these notions from European countries and, and elsewhere that privacy matters and that people do have a right to privacy and um, that there should be limits upon what people should be forced to disclose in a public database. And the Who is Task Force is actually proceeding toward a final recommendation where much of the present-day Who is information would not be made publicly available to anyone on the street who wants it. Mm-hmm. And um, this is of, 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 of great concern because it's... Uh, it, it, it's dramatic, and it, it certainly makes a lot of people busy uh, when a um, an ICANN task force does not arrive at a preordained result. Um, <laughs> so that's got that 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 has caused levels of concern uh, within the uh, within the community of string pullers at, at ICANN. Wow. And then, of course, the um, the main purpose the 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 piece of sand around which the pearl of an ICANN meeting is built is the board meeting itself, which really only takes a couple of hours. Um, but we tack on a whole week of, of festivities and, and pomposity uh, around what is basically a scripted event to begin with. Um, but the, the board does make certain decisions, and um, they had decided, of course, to finally reject the ICM registry uh, application to register .xxx as a top-level domain name, mm-hmm. and, which is um, what the third uh, third kill, I think it was. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah, it's kind of like whack-a-mole, and <laughs> you know, it, sometimes the news reporting has not been you know tremendously accurate. That um, you know, there there have been really three board actions on the uh, on on this application. The first action was to say, uh, in principle, we approve uh, this idea and we authorize the staff to go negotiate a contract to run it. Then, once that process was done, uh, the ICANN board. Um, heavily influenced by certain government organizations, said that, well, we are not satisfied with um, certain safeguards in this contract, and we'd like to see certain other safeguards written into it and, um, you know, 
come back to us with another contract. Mm-hmm. And the, the process of negotiation that ICM Registry went through was kind of interesting. If you could imagine negotiating a contract with someone where every time you ask them for something, they said yes. <laughs> you know, ICM Registry basically did everything that satisfied every objection that was raised. In the meantime, the board composition changed, and uh, so ICM Registry came back with exactly what the previous board told them to do, and this board said, well, no, we don't like it anyway, and don't come back again. Uh, so uh, the triple uh, X application, I believe, is, is effectively killed, uh, and, and part of the concern was that of the current board was that uh, ICM Registry had done what every previous board had asked it to do all along. <laughs> wow. That's, you, you show up and you do what they say and you still don't get it. Right, yeah, it, it's, it's the time scale of the process itself. Right. You know, that is the killer. Because, and, and well, here's the, here's the ultimate punchline on this. Uh, proceeding in parallel uh, with all the other ICANN festivities is that we expect by the end of the year that there will be a uniform process for applying for new generic top-level domains. Um, there have been sort of two rounds of beauty pageants that ICANN has conducted since its inception. Uh, the first round gave us such winners as uh, .museum, .coop, uh, .arrow, uh, .pro, and you know these extensions, of course, are you know almost as popular as as the CCTLD for Western Samoa, uh, <laughs> you know combined, <laughs> but not quite. Um, and you know, in order to limit uh, cyber squatting, in order to you know, of course, the bulk of ICANN is concerned with making sure people don't register domain names. In order to make sure that people don't <laughs> register domain names, uh, it was believed after that round that all new TLDs should be sponsored or chartered TLDs. That is, they should have rules for, you know, who should be eligible to register domain names and what conditions should these, you know, domain registrants comply with. You know, you have to be a five-foot-tall limbo dancer and jump through a hoop of fire, and after you do that, yes, well, maybe you'll be entitled to register mm-hmm. domain name. Um, and XXX, uh, you know, was the idea basically was to have a namespace that intentionally had a lot of rules. And, um, you know, people have, have all sorts of superstitions about what the intent was. Actually, the intent was that um, adult webmasters in general find that uh, they can get people to visit and they can get people uh, about halfway through the sign-up form. But when it comes to entering your credit card information at, you know, some dot-com website, uh, people balk. There's a lack of confidence uh, there. And it was believed that if there was a, a space for this, which was more tightly regulated and controlled, and in which uh, the registry maintained the means to enforce contractual compliance, uh, that there would be heightened consumer confidence in this. Now, you know, there's all sorts of other things that can get tacked on there, and ICM Registry had agreed to work with organizations such as the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children to, uh, you know, develop rules and to police this uh, this place. Um, but here's the crazy thing. At the end of the year, ICANN is going to set forth a policy for new generic TLDs, that is, 
top-level domain names that are every bit as open as .com. Okay. And ostensibly, people are going to be able to line up and say, here's my top-level domain, here's you know the registry uh, I intend to run it with, here's my expertise in running a registry, and these things are going to be granted on an objective basis. So, you know, within 12 months, uh, it, is, it is guaranteed that there will be um, applications for such things as dot .porn, dot .sex, dot .triplex, dot mm -hmm. .gay, dot .bi, dot, you know, whatever you can put after a dot. All through this new process. Uh, <laughs> pardon? All through the new process. Yeah, and um, you know that that uh, there will eventually be a a top level domain that you know while in, is is somehow suggestive of uh, adult content, but won't have uh, you know the various rules and restrictions that uh, that ICM registry was proposing. And right. you know I understand that that you know people have opinions about this one way or the other, and uh, you know I don't think that there's a a correct opinion or or, or a right opinion, but it always, it always struck me as odd that, you know, basically what we have in .com is we've got a, a swimming pool with no lifeguards, and someone wanted to build a swimming pool in the same town that had a lifeguard, and, um, you know, people were complaining, with, but, you know, people, the children might drown in that pool even though it has a <laughs> lifeguard. Well, you know, yeah, that's true, but, you know, I mean... The, the 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 shocking discovery that that someone might uh, you know might use the internet to distribute uh, you know pornography is just uh, I, I imagine too hard for people to bear. Yeah, I know. Where do they get that from? I, hey, John, I I'd read on, on the I always, I always that, thought uh, that, that pornography art. was probably invented within about ten minutes of photography. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I read on the CNET news. It said. Uh, ICANN may be looking for immunity from uh, U.S. law, and, and it, it references in here, uh, says a few years ago, the question was is whether the United Nations would take over ICANN. Today it looks a little like my ICANN would try to mimic the United Nations. Any, any discussion or anything about this while at the, um, at the Lisbon show? Um, no. No, okay. and that's, that's, that's probably not going to be much of a public discussion at all. Uh, ICANN, uh, for good reason, wants immunity from, from U.S. law or, indeed, you know, from any law at all, mm -hmm. um, because uh, it, it's, it's uh, much easier to make, uh, you know, arbitrary decisions uh, when one is not accountable uh, to anyone for making those decisions. I think it's, it, it's pretty sad that, that, you know, Western civilization took, or I should say human civilization, took a long time to reach the point where, you know, we understood that um, what works is uh, our representative structures, which are based upon the rule of law. Um, but you know, one of my favorite canards is, oh, well, the Internet changed all that. You know, it's, it, it, it's sort of like the, the mantra that 9-11 changed everything. Uh, I do not believe it is a, a step forward in the advancement of, of human self-governance um, to say that, oh, well, but for something really important, uh, we need to, to seal it off from uh, democratic processes and, uh, and rational uh, application of, of the rule of law. I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, I also don't think that, and the bottom line uh, to all of those discussions is that at the end of the day, uh, ICANN operates under contract uh, with the United States government to run the Internet root server system. And the U.S. government is not going to voluntarily relinquish uh, its 
sole veto power uh, over that resource, um, you know, as, as long and, and and that's not even a uh, a left wing or right wing or Democratic or Republican position. It's uh, it, it's more of a you know why should they? Uh, yeah, exactly. Why would they give it up? Why would they? And to a marginal degree, there is a. a Certain intelligence value associated with having access to root server queries, but um, I, I just uh, I can't see it happening. I mean, I can't see you know if, if you thought that having uh, a an international board ruling on you know dot triple X was uh, you know interesting. Uh, you know, I don't think that, that people are going to want to give you know, veto power to uh, certain other. Uh, political entities in the world that uh, perhaps don't subscribe to the the same notions of governance that we do. All right, John, I got two more questions for you, and then we're going to have to uh, take a break for some commercials and come on with our next guest. Okay. Uh, the the first question is is uh, I know that you attend these things and on a regular basis basis are the ICANN meetings open to the public? Oh yeah, it's it's the greatest show in town. Uh, the next one will be in Puerto Rico in June. And um, you can go to ICANN.org, click on the meeting agenda. You can sign up. You can attend for free. Um, if you get there early enough, there's, there's uh, typically during the, the week there is what's called the host event. It's usually some lavish dinner and, and, and interesting cultural entertainment. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it, it's a worthwhile thing. The, the probably if, if uh, anyone you know, shows up at an ICANN meeting, it, it, it's kind of like a, a hall of mirrors. There are doors opening and closing and, and things going on. Uh, and first-timers can be very disoriented. Uh, typically on Sunday there's a, a first-timers reception and lunch uh, where the process is explained. And if anybody shows up at an ICANN meeting at random and wants to know, hey, where's the real you know, interesting stuff going on? Grab me in a hallway and I'll point you in a direction that's appropriate to whatever it is you're interested in. And why is it that ICANN always meets in such exotic places? I've heard Morocco, I've heard a uh, uh, number of places uh, around the world, and, and so how is it they come to choose these particular locations? Yeah, I, I, I keep a collection of flags on my wall. The, the ICANN universe is um, is divided up into five global regions, and because ICANN is is more than than you know just a collection of of the same old people pushing the same old policies, it is a an organization that is informed by by international ideals and dialogue. So the same old people actually have to pack their bags, you know, three times, four times a year to run off to these places. And, and uh, it, it's, you know, it's a great question because it's, uh, it, it's somewhat pathetic. I mean, of course, what is an exotic place depends upon where you are in the world. Um, but, uh, you know, even if a meeting is going to be held in, in Europe, holding it in a place like, say, you know, Frankfurt or London that is accessible to a large international hub uh, would still make it easier for participants from from different regions of the world to um, to meet. Um, but the amazing thing after the last two, the last the previous one was in Sao Paulo, Brazil. This one was in Lisbon, Portugal. Is that I can managed to meet successively in two countries that both speak Portuguese. And if you think about it. <laughs> That's a really tough thing to do, although I have been informed <laughs> by a Portuguese friend of mine that wow. uh, Portuguese is, is the sixth 
most popular language in the world, and I was I was surprised to I was surprised to find that out. Uh, but that's you know primarily because of Brazil. Uh, well, John, but, listen, uh, I appreciate you being on tonight's show on behalf of uh, Monty and the entire uh, Domain Master team. We do appreciate it, and I know that all right. uh, well, our listening Monty audience has enjoyed your very in, you're always informative and always current with your information. We really appreciate you being on tonight's show. All right. Thank you. All right, folks, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to, when we come back from it, we're going to be joined by Andrew Goldman, or Goodman, excuse me, Andrew Goodman. He's the founder of Toronto-based uh, Page Zero Media, a marketing agency. And we're going to talk a little bit with uh, Andrew when we return from our, these commercial breaks. Stay tuned for Domain Masters. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearch searchmedia.com today are you getting the most out of your online advertising now get more from your media spend with superior real-time targeting and creative optimization technology get more now from casali media casali media save big as casali media's ad experts place your premium campaigns across the web's hottest properties at the most competitive rates want more get, get more visit casalimedia.com slash more to request your media kit casali media advertising online is better here casali media Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from Clicksore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on Clicksore.com today. That's Clicksore.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. Hello. <laughs> I just got a little uh, IM that said keep my energy up, so every so often I'll just scream something out. <laughs> okay, well, let me know if you want me to scream back. <laughs> you know, I guess there's a happy medium I have to find. <laughs> Maybe I should have a cocktail before the show starts. Well, that's an idea. And advise my guests to do the same. <laughs> Get totally hooked on The Hook with Katie Kepner every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement, webmasterradio.fm. It's like radio with a Ph.D., WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back. 
Domain Masters. You're still master of your domain. Yes. <laughs> master of my domain. Here's your host. Welcome back, folks. This is uh, Victor Pitts. Uh, you're, you're in tune right now to uh, Domain Master. Um, Monty Khan is the uh, regular host of the show, and uh, Monty has is, is got the night off, so I'm subbing for him. Um, just in case you're uh, listening to this on a podcast, this show is coming out on the uh, April uh, the 5th. So if you're listening to it right now, you're listening to it live. <laughs> um, I'd like to uh, tell you a little bit about our, our next guest. His name is uh, Andrew Goodman. He's a founder of Toronto-based uh, Page Zero Media, a marketing agency which focuses on ROI-driven paid search. He's also the co-founder of uh, Traffic.com, an award-winning industry commentary site. He's the author of Winning Results with Google AdWords, which is a, a McGraw-Hill publication from um, uh, 2007. Uh, actually, 2005, and he's frequently quoted in uh, business press. Most recently, he made it into the Wall Street Journal article about Topics.net uh, domain name woes and name changes, where he uh, also managed to mention a startup he works closely with, a homeowner-oriented, user-generated review site called Homestars.ca. Andrew spoken and moderated at some 20-plus uh, search engine strategies conferences around the world, and is now the chair of the upcoming Search Engine Strategies Toronto, which is scheduled for. Uh, June 12th uh, and 13th. Uh, Andrew will be speaking at the upcoming SES show in New York next week, uh, where we will be attending with our moniker staff, and he's going to be moderating several panels there. And he's a program, as I mentioned, he's a program chair for the SES in Toronto, which is the uh, uh, June SES event. Uh, Andrew, are you with us? Hey, I'm, I'm here. Yes. Is there anything I left out from that uh, introduction, Andrew, that I should note? Uh, you know, I, I think that was good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> can move well, on. Great. Well, listen, I do appreciate you uh, joining us. Now, how long have you been working with uh, SES? So, uh, yeah, you know what, I just did a little research on the history of all of this, and it, is, uh, it takes me down memory lane, um, but it's just, uh, just coming up five years, I think. I think I spoke uh, in 2002 at SES San Jose in the summer, and that was my first uh, ever uh, talk there, but... Kind of, uh, that's one of those weird things because I felt like I knew Danny and Chris a little bit through, you know, virtual, virtual communication. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I attended my first SES in 2001 uh, at, at Boston, and wow. I was looking at the old program. And if you look at those names, uh, a few of them haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> it's 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 six years down the road, but uh, uh, we have the Dana Todds and the Detlevs and the uh, and the uh, Sherry Thoreaus are all still uh, still going strong. Well, you've seen the shows grow and expand a bit. What's the big, biggest difference from the shows now versus the early days? You know, it's it, it's not as different as as you might think. Um, I think the uh, you know it's just bigger. Uh, the size has increased. New York, um, you know, that's what we people forget is that uh, uh, that Boston was the East Coast stop uh, in those days. So so the move to New York was a huge change. Uh, Boston was kind of a medium-sized show, and, and New York this year is just, just massive, um, mm -hmm. the Hilton bursting at the seams. Uh, yeah, so, you know, the changes are, are not as, as shocking as uh, we might expect. I think there's been a lot, actually a lot of commonalities, and what's, what's really changed, I guess, from the perspective of, uh, uh, of the whole community is that, that uh, you know, pretty much everyone in business now buys into it, so so. All businesses, <laughs> large and small, and especially big business, now feel it's uh, important to have someone at, at these uh, conferences. And in the past, you know, it looked like a bit of a, 
a bit of a rebels club, and now it's a bit of both. What are some of the topics that you're going to be discussing in New York? Yeah, so um, I hope to attend a lot of sessions too, but uh, I'm I'm uh, moderating uh, a few panels, uh, some of them on topics that I want to learn about myself. But the one I'm uh, mainly speaking on and, and is is on as usual for me uh, on paid search on the ads. Uh, and of late, we've had uh, just some major complexity in in how ads are ranked on on paid search programs. So the uh, one's called Ads in a Quality Score World, and uh, Google introduced what they call quality-based bidding in 2005, uh, in the summer of 2005. And it's gone through a few, um, you know, a few iterations and really um, ads and keywords and, and advertisers' sites and landing pages and all these things are being assessed uh, to determine whether your ads show up at all and where they rank. So there's, there's a lot of complexity to that, and uh, so we're going to explore some of those, you know, some of those nitty-gritties. Right. Besides your uh, session, what are some of the other highlights of the New York show? I know it's busy when you're you're planning on speaking on panels or, or working on a panel and uh, trying to get to the other shows because sometimes they're in conflict with uh, your schedule. But what are some of the other highlights of the New York show? Yeah, I mean, the, the highlight is tough to pin down because but it literally offers everything and sometimes everything times two if you miss uh, a session on on paid ads, there will be another one you can attend. But um, you know, one of my favorites is um, is the contextual. I'm sorry, uh, I'm, uh, uh, the conversion rate uh, improvement stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's just so uh, so many ways to take a, a stab at that. But um, but when you have someone like Brian Eisenberg speaking on that panel, you know, absolutely phenomenal um, conversion rate. You know, I and this is actually kind of something that. I've been trying to trying to sort out since I had a chapter on it in my in my book that uh, you know I'm I'm not the world's leading expert on it but I had to have a chapter on it um, and one thing that I found useful is to talk about conversion rates as being part of partly just plumbing and very practical things about testing you know how users interact with pages but then if you take a step back and look at the, the broader area of persuasion I think that's where Eisenberg shines you have to look at at segmenting users, sending them to the correct place, but but taking a look at really the research that goes into into how you uh, you know target your your offering in the first place. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just something companies don't seem to understand. So some of the I think some of the myths that people come to a conference like this with will involve certain myths about about how users uh, interact with websites. Like someone might just tell you, you know, it's really important not to put too much copy on your page or people don't want to read a lot of information and you might hear directly from an Eisenberg uh, specifically exactly why that's incorrect and, and so how to read like the analytics. The program report. is the program's taking it really to a new level. It's not just about getting the traffic uh, to the side and understanding the search engines and the, and the methodologies and the ways and uh, op- optimization techniques and tools for for doing that, but really how to, uh, you know, let's get right to the business, you know, converting a visitor to a customer. So it, it sounds like it's got, uh, it's transitioning in terms of its content and actually broadening the content. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the beauty. It looks like there are 75 sessions total at, at New York. So within within the old traditional areas of, of search uh, optimization, you have specialties. You know, people just need to come up to speed on one aspect of it. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite developments of late has been uh, the fact that uh, 
uh, both search engines or both <laughs> the two leading search engines now have better webmaster tools, communication tools, and consoles that will help you. In Google's case, uh, you know, Google's uh, web, uh, Webmaster uh, Central and Yahoo's uh, Site Explorer, I think it's mm -hmm. called. <laughs> I get the names mixed up. But um, the point being with those kinds of things, you know, there are old old methods of of getting around indexing problems or, or conveying to the search engines what your sitemap was or, or whatever. And as we see, see more standardization on things like that, um, that's a whole kind of community outreach piece that the search engines have done that, that makes a real difference, and people do need to understand uh, understand what's available. Right. Now you're taking on this uh, task of the uh, pro uh, program chair for the Toronto SES show, which is, again, held in June. So what is that like? Uh, is this the first time you, you've chaired a, a show like this? It's definitely the first time I've chaired a show like this. Uh, it's. Uh, I thought it was hard until I looked. At, you know, until I looked at Danny's uh, program for for New York. Uh, it's two days, and so I've had to be quite um, brutal in cutting out some things that I would rather see in the show. But um, I mixed up the, the content uh, to include what I think are are some of the fundamentals uh, with with some of the the newer uh, cutting edge topics, and I've. I've added a couple experiments in there, but uh, so so there'd be uh, an additional focus on some new concepts in local search, some talk about social media, um, as well as as redoubling on some of the basics. And I, I think I even got more basic on one of the um, search engine optimization sessions for the very new at attendees. And over half of SES Toronto uh, attendees will probably be first timers. So. Oh, that's outstanding. There's one, so you're covering there's one the called SEO myths, scams, and, well. and don'ts, uh, because the, even the myths and scams and the things you shouldn't do uh, change every few years. It, it's not just the same old uh, scams. <laughs> so right, right. Uh, for new people, it's, it's uh, even more basic than maybe some of the sessions in the past. And then at the same time, we have some advanced sessions that are even more, uh, you know, more on the cutting edge than in the past. So we kind of broadened it on both ends. Um, tell me just a little bit about your uh, your, your uh, marketing agency. Is, is Paid Zero Media? Yeah. yeah tell us, tell so us a little bit about your, your organization. And, and, and our clients are, you know, like uh, that's that's the core of what uh, what I do and what my colleagues and I do. So um, we, starting in 2002, decided to focus on on optimizing that that paid search ad spend for clients, and so we don't really do much uh, much SEO, although you know. For our long-term clients, we do just about anything. <laughs> you know, we'll do some PR for them if they want. But um, by and large, we have a, a service that that um, gets people um, better results in, you know, 90 days from a paid search program, and and then from there we can uh, we can broaden out and and start working on additional things such as uh, multivariate landing page testing and. All of the related services. So it's it's yeah it's um it's uh, any any type of client is welcome to uh, work with us. We don't have any verticals that we specialize in, etc. Um, and and we're certainly uh, willing to work with uh, not the tiniest companies, but certainly like small companies, right? Fast growing. And with your uh, your your book that you wrote, winning results with Google AdWords, is this your your first uh, time in the publication, or have you done this before? Well, I did start out with an ebook, and that uh, that was uh, called the Google AdWords Handbook. Although I think it was called Twenty One Ways to Maximize ROI on Google AdWords, um, 
but uh, that was uh, that was uh, spat out quickly in 2002 as, as an ebook, uh, and it it was very timely, and people were quite confused about the, the new program that Google had come out with. So that that really, um, frankly, put me on the map and, and got me in touch with a lot of uh, a lot of advertisers and so on. And uh, I, I kept on writing and 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 just nonstop from there. Um, so the print book came along, opportunity came along, I guess in. Uh, uh, December of 2003, I believe it was, or was it 2004? I'm getting mixed did, up. Did <laughs> Did you enjoy uh, writing the book enough that you're going to be writing another one? So uh, uh, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I'll admit that, uh, that, that, that I, 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 I loved part. Uh, halfway through, I was having a good time, and then it, it uh, really hit the wall in terms of trying to to run a business and do it at the same time. So it, there is no question if you talk to any author, you know. Um, they're looking longingly out the window at, at people um, barbecuing in the summer while they're in there still revising their chapters. But uh, um, but I am doing the uh, the revisions aren't as hard and and two years later um, so much has changed that I, I'm really actually thankful that I can um, that McGraw Hill has has uh, seconded me to uh, to to update it for a second edition that come out come out in uh, October. Uh, it's just even the way, as as I was mentioning before, you know, even the way Google ranks ads has, of course, changed, and has even changed in the last eight weeks. So I'm glad to be able to update everything. Okay, tell us a little bit about your uh, your startup now, the uh, homeowner oriented, uh, um, you know, user generated review site. Was this Homestars.ca? Can you yeah. tell our listeners about sure. uh, what Homestars is about? Sure. Uh, well. Homestars was um, basically a, a client for a while. It just, and in a way, it was one of those friendly jobs where you, you see a, an interesting company, and, and they didn't really fit really that well into our uh, our service model at Page Zero. Uh, I figured I'd just give them some ongoing advice. And at the time, it was already quite good. You know, it was very localized, but it, it was taking uh, consumers. Uh, opinions of all of the, you know, name it, the guy who did your drywall, installed your, you know, your, your installed or put together your, uh, your reno, uh, whether it be a bathroom or, or landscaping or whatever. So it's, it's all of those contractors, renovators, and it's kind of that long tail of, of service providers that uh, is so difficult, you know, for, uh, for homeowners to go beyond the word of mouth of the immediate people they know to actually get good information on which which contractors appropriate or which ones are shady turns out to be fairly difficult to find so just in in two cities for now um, we we uh, managed to get a hold of uh, quite a, a lot of homeowners and uh, who are who good enough to um, begin sharing their information with their neighbors and um, we do have a plan and we actually have uh, been working on on closing a round of investment for the last couple of months and uh, we we do hope that a completely revamped web 2.0 enabled site and uh um and city rollout plan happens so that uh, uh basically uh, you know that whole field of of renos will be um subject to homeowner homeowner uh, scrutiny if someone is thinking about attending uh, the show there in uh, Toronto uh the uh, SES show um what should they know about Toronto for coming up there at that time of the year yeah, well, we're so happy that it's in June. Uh, the show is in its fourth year. Uh, everybody says the buzz is growing around the, the Toronto SES, and I think part of that is just the, the community and, and the fun aspect of, of uh, After Hours as well. Um, but 
that is one good thing about a slightly smaller SES. You can get a lot more uh, time with with speakers and with uh, with other attendees, kind of after after the uh, sessions are over and and in the parties and so on. Um, so you know, Toronto is uh, about as nice as it gets in June. Uh, uh, we had it in in May. We had it in April, and they were going to put it back to March. And and we all said we'd quit if it was in March. So <laughs> um, I know so June is a beautiful time up there. And so uh, June Toronto, uh, interesting enough, is I understand is the fourth biggest media market in, in North America. A lot of right. Didn't so know. that's uh, that's been something that for a lot of the uh, U.S. Uh, uh, attendees in the past. They were kind of pleasantly surprised that this was just basically it was another SES and it was just as good as as any other. Uh, and so, like my uh, my whole concern is that we don't just just have a lot of Canada only content. That we we are a North American market and a cosmopolitan market. And and I think I've I've pretty much found that at any SES around the world, you can go to uh, whether it be London or or even a smaller market like Stockholm. A lot of the people attending, certainly in Sweden, the people attending were not just coming there to, uh, you know, to be told about Sweden. They know about Sweden, so they really wanted the global experts on search marketing to come and share information uh, that, you know, that they would at any other SES. All right. I understand you've got a, uh, a great uh, keynote speaker. Can you tell us who that is and a little bit about his background? Yeah. So I feel a little bit uh, uh, sheepish about uh, uh, kind of previewing this in the sense that he has said yes, but the ink's not quite dry. So I, I hope he, you know, if he, if he turns around and says no, he'll probably be mad at me for promoting uh, Okay, <laughs> for folks, promoting you it. disclaimer. Uh, so if he says but, no, uh, that no one be said. mad at Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me? I says, so if he says no to you after we, we make the announcements, then then uh, he can't be mad. Um but the so you, you do have you do have a, a great keynote speaker. We just leave it at that. Uh, yeah, great the, keynote speaker. Uh, and uh, if you look hard on uh, traffic.com on the last couple of posts, you may get a hint as to who it might be. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Well, listen, Andrew, we really do appreciate you being uh, on the show uh, tonight. And uh, we uh, Moniker uh, loves the SES shows. We've uh, we've been attending them now since about 2000 and, uh, 2002, I think it is. But I uh, uh, really enjoy uh, attending the shows, and we, uh, we get a lot out of it also. So uh, any of you folks that are listening that uh, uh, have not yet made your plans, uh, you know, uh, go check it out. Uh, the, uh, as far as the SES show, I'll go ahead and post this on the, on the chat line in a few minutes as far as the uh, website of where to go to. Uh, but, uh, Andrew, we do appreciate you being um, on, on Domain Master tonight. Uh, we enjoyed uh, enjoyed having you. We look forward to the seeing you next week, and uh, we also look forward to the uh, Toronto show. And I'm sure it will be a tremendous success. Look forward to seeing you. All right, folks. Well, listen. I appreciate you tuning in to uh, Domain Master as uh, I'm filling in for Monty Khan. Monty uh, will be back next week at uh, regularly scheduled uh, time. And in fact, uh, I believe he's actually going to be doing uh, Domain Masters uh, live there at the um, at the uh, SES show up in New York. So you're in for a real treat, and again, do appreciate it. Appreciate our first guest tonight we had, which is uh, John Berryhill, renowned lawyer uh, that uh, came back from the uh, ICANN uh, meeting in uh, Portugal, gave us a real good uh, understanding of what went down there and some of the significance of it. We also was joined by uh, Andrew Goodman, um, founder of Toronto-based Page uh, Zero Media, 
Uh, and uh, he's also going to be chairing the uh, program chair for the Toronto SES show and uh, one of the panelists at the uh, on several panels, actually, at the uh, SES New York show. We enjoyed having both of our guests tonight. Appreciate you tuning in to Domain Masters. Uh, again, stay tuned next week and next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, for the return of Domain Masters in Monte Con, your, regularly, uh, your regular, regular host. My name is Victor Pitts, and I appreciate you listening in. Have a good night, folks.